Welcome everybody, Andrew Houston here from Prof for Contractors with another podcast. Uh, podcast the profits, podcast the power, podcast to get in the behind the scenes insights, tips and tricks and tools. And uh, I'm very honored to be here with a couple of rock stars, uh, a couple of people that are part of the Prof for Contractors family. And uh, so I'm here with John. Welcome, John. Thanks, sir. Welcome, Andy. Hey, Coach. How's it going, boys? We good? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Are you guys ready for a few pints this weekend? Oh, for sure. Started already last night, but yeah. Oh, you did. Actually, I had a couple of pints last night. The only problem was I was uh, up at this farm that I bought that I'm doing some renovations and stuff, and I didn't, uh, I didn't, put the, didn't bring the cooler with me. Amazing what happens when beers are left out in the sun for not more than 30 minutes. But I still had a warm beer, so what can you do? So listen, we're here um, with these two awesome rock stars, and let's get into a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, John, I want you just to introduce yourself as far as who you are, uh, what you do, what your company is, and then Andy, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself as well, man. This is like this is like new, new for you, and everybody will understand in just a second. So John, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you guys do. So my name is John Tenbrink. Uh, I'm a, a master electrician, and so I own uh, two companies now. It's Blackjack Contracting, and we specialize in um, investment real estate, so legal suites, uh, duplex conversions, all that fun jazz. And now the owner of uh, TNL Wiring Pros. So we just opened our new electrical company on Monday. Awesome, man. And I see you've got somebody beside you. Who's this person beside you? This is Mr. Andrew Lobsinger. He likes to be called Andy, so I just do that to make him feel bad. But um, he uh, he has been working with me or for me for the last oh, 13 years, either with another company or for my own company, and he is now my business partner in the new company. Sorry to hear about that, Andy, having to work with John for the last 13 years, but hey, man, we can do it. <laughs> so, too bad. what's that? Hasn't been too, too bad? Yeah. Yeah, nice. He's the one that was buying beers last night too, so that's okay. So let's get into, if you're listening in on this podcast, if, you, if this is the first time you've listened in a podcast, it's a, it's a, no, it's a no bullshit podcast. Uh, actually, that would be a bad freaking title, eh? Like the no bullshit podcast for contract. The title, the no bullshit contracting podcast. That's it, man. So, and when I say that, everybody, this is not like you listen in and it's just a bunch of fluff and pie in the sky and climb a mountain. And I'm not saying that that wouldn't be a bad thing, but I'm just, you know, it's not, it, this is the real deal, right? Like, uh, we're going to give you guys tactics, uh, insights. We're going to show you uh, and talk about what are some of the things that's allowed uh, John and Andy to get to where they're at. But that also means we're going to be talking about some struggles, okay? So... One of the things I'm going to do right now to see if this is of interest to uh, you as a listener is we're just going to highlight really quickly some of the, let's call it transformations that John has made and as well as you, Andy, uh, really quickly, like the before, you know, sort of the after. And then if that interests you from a topical perspective along this podcast you know, road, we're going to be filling in the blanks of like, well, how the hell did he go from this to this? How did Andy go from that to that? Okay. So let's let her rip. So I'm just going to go quickly through my little list of things. Um, I think uh, let's, let's tee this up and just say, John, you've been part of the PFC family for 
about a year now? Uh, actually, it hasn't even been that long. It's only been about nine months. Really? Dude. October of 2019. I love it. I love it. So that's cool, man. That's great. Uh, so with that being said, let's just talk about some of the high-level things for you, and then we'll talk about the high-level things for you, Andy, and then we'll get into filling in the, in the blanks, okay? So I think one of the things that, you know, when you came to Proffer Contractors, uh, and I think this is, this is a topic that a lot of contractors struggle with, um, and it's no surprise. I did when I had my contracting company. Um, I had a bit of a different solution, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but um, actually, I'll just tell you. My solution was I married an accountant. So you guys might be know, you guys might pick up what topic. That sounds cheaper. I might do that. Yeah, there you go. Actually, isn't that interesting? I don't know if that's true. Um, if my, if, that's not true. Yeah, Jennifer, if you're listening to this, I would have to say that was pretty expensive. Uh, you're a pretty expensive accountant, okay? But uh, it was well worth it. Well worth it. Okay, so let's talk about the financials. So uh, your financials, where were they at nine months ago? Like, just be real, man. Let it rip. We're, um, like, basically non-existent. So all I knew was to how much, check how much money was in the bank, and and then I'd give my bookkeeper some papers a few months, a few times a, a year. and then. Um, and then, so then I, I trusted this person just because I didn't, I, you know, it was my fault. I didn't even spend the time to look into whether she was the right person or not. It was just a family friend and said, can you do this? Oh, sure he can. And, and then, uh, you know, about a year, a year ago, I had a estimates and uh, says to me, is like, something's wrong here off of 30 seconds looking at the books and then I realized, oh shit, something's wrong. And then started doing some research and realized how bad it was. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest focuses at Prof for Contractors. Actually, one of the very first things that we, we hone in on, uh, one of the very first pillars is getting a handle of your financials. Okay, so guys, um, you know, I'll get a little bit more into that, but you're not alone if you, if you don't have uh, a handle of your financials. A lot of people... Their contractors are dealing. I call the bookkeeper in a box. And the bookkeeper in a box, mean, you probably never heard of that, John or Andy. But the bookkeeper in the box is basically you hand the, all your receipts to the bookkeeper in a box. Right? And, and the bookkeeper basically hands it back to you with an empty box. But at the end of the day, it's still just a box of shit. Like it's, you still don't know what the hell's going on. Right? So, so now you're in a better place. You've got a better understanding of your financials. Um, one of the things I know you got a better understanding of is, uh, you know, is knowing that you're pricing your jobs profitably and, and, and correct. Yep. And, uh, that's a funny story of why I decided to join the PFC family. Cause I watched a 30 second video that you did for free and realized in instantly how bad I've been fucking up. I mean, sorry for that. <laughs> it's true. Right. So here, here's a prime example, guys, why this is important. So, um, so, so as far as. The before and after, I mean, it, it was probably within weeks that we started breaking down the financials that hone in on not just the whole of the financials, but like, John, let's see, are you pricing jobs profitably? Like, that was like number one priority, right? That's right. Number okay. one. So, so that, that, that's a huge thing that anybody listening in, you have got to get nailed. And I'm going to bring you into this picture, Andy. Um, so, Andy, you're a partner. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, tell us what's, why you're on this call. Well, I uh, started out just in this trade, just as an electrician, never, ever thinking 
that I would be a business owner or partner or anything of this magnitude. But uh, I worked super hard. Hopefully, John John will say differently, but <laughs> I got here. And then when John offered me a position, I was super scared at first. I didn't know what to do. I was nervous, had a whole bunch of questions. I wasn't sure who to ask, ask John, ask everybody. And then uh, he didn't trust me (laughs) with profit for contractors, John and everybody that just wanted to support me naturally. I jumped right in. I I couldn't resist. It's awesome. You know, team, um, trust is something you've heard this before. Trust is something that is earned. So everybody's heard that one. Yeah. Trust is actually something that is seen. Might be what you're talking about. Well, if John's in disarray and he's got fucking boxes of receipts, right? And things are a gong show. And by the way, let's be clear, Andy, you're a partner now, right? Of another business. Yep. So in nine months, this is another win. John, you've gone from having one business and not making the profits you should. We'll talk about the, the gains, uh, the other gains in a second, to now having the business to a point where you can open up a second business and to the point where Andy, you were trustworthy enough and it was attractive enough by the changes that you saw that as an employee, uh, you now have become an owner, a co-owner with, with John. Is that true? Yep. So everybody listening on the call, it, it, it's, it is absolutely, the possibilities that you have are huge. And I'm going to be reiterating these three different places, okay, as we go through this podcast. But if you're listening on this podcast, you're, you're going to be in one of these three places. I mean, if you were to draw it like a triangle, so if you got a piece of paper, not so much you guys, but if you're listening, draw it like a triangle, and I'm just going to simplify these different layers. Okay, now John and Andy, you know that there's some subset layers beyond this, but just to simplify it, I'm going to bring down the three layers. There's startup, that's you in a truck, that's you... You know, you're, you're basically doing 80% of the hats, okay? You might have a technician, you might have an apprentice, you might have a technician and an apprentice, but that's about it, okay? And you're running ragged. Um, the business is really, it is heavily you. If that's you, then understand that, that all these things that we're talking about today are applicable to you. Because in order for you to grow your business, you've got to get beyond you being on the tools. Would you guys, what would you say to that? 100%. Now, why is that? I'm going to let Andy answer that. Well, if first. I'm if I'm out in the field and on the tools, I can't do anything in the office and follow leads or call up anybody that needs uh, that sent a lead in. I can't do a quote. So if I'm out in the field, there's no more work available. You got it. So again, at the back to and John, what would you say as far as value of your time, which is what Andy's talking about? If you don't, if you don't get out of the field, you can't work on your business instead of working strictly in it and it'll never go anywhere. And that's where I was in the beginning and that's where I'm not now. So I love it. I love it. Okay. So, so guys, uh, if you're a startup, then, you know, if you want to get some more information, you want to get some help, you want to get some of these tools that we're going to be talking about, get some insights, click the links below. Next level on that pyramid. Okay. Remember I said there's three. Next one is stability. That's where you've got a team of people, okay? And when I say stable, it doesn't mean that you're stable in the sense of you as a business owner, but you're stable in the sense of you've, you've got lots of work, you've got, you got players in place, you're, not, you're still wearing a lot of the hats, but it's not just you in a truck, okay? You're now becoming a business owner or, or you have, the, you have the, 
intuition and the drive to become truly uh, an entrepreneur. Um, and you've seen that because you've gone out and hired more than just one guy. You've probably got five, 10, you could have a hundred guys, okay? So that that's, that's stability, okay? And at stability, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get to the next level, which is scale. You're trying to get your business, which where John was stuck. John was stuck in between, in my opinion, between startup and stability. And, and you would like be in the office and be out in the field and be in the office, like you're just back and forth, right? Um, so stability, guys, is the next level for you is you wanna scale your business. You wanna get it to a point where, like John is, that, that you can work on the business and that you can really bring the maximum value to the business to the point that you, you've got situations and opportunities like what's happened with Andy coming up, right? You, you, can, you can expand your business or you can expand another business, right? Um, scale, which is the, the, the next level, is where we're able to really get the business to run without us, okay? And that means whether you're there or not, the business is growing, okay? So whether you're, you know, if you're at, if you're at startup, stability, or at scale, uh, and you want to you want to get this business running more with you know without you. Click the links below. So the next area, let's talk about the next area. Just highlight, and then we'll come back to some of the fill in the blanks. Let's talk about the time. So, and uh, you know when we're looking at time, John, you mentioned that you've got you've gained back at least fifteen to twenty hours a week. Now let's talk about like what was that like when you first started with PFC? Like, how did you feel about time? I feel, you know, every day waking up, feeling like you're on the hamster wheel, there's never enough time. It's because, and, um, you know, the, the family is the one that was sacrificed the most. So, uh, you know, you take them on a trip and their kids were not hanging off your feet because they don't get to see you for weeks at a time and all that Ooh. stuff. And, you know, a very patient but pissed off wife and uh, all that stuff. So that was one of the main goals in the whole thing was to gain back time. You know, it's funny. Um, I think that's that'd be a probably common denominator with most contractors is the, is the family is sacrificed. Yeah. And, and it's not because you want to, it's, it's, you know, like people will say, people that are entrepreneurs will sort of bash us sometimes. And it'll be like, you know, you say you're doing this for the family, but you're full of shit, you know, like, you know, you're never spending the quality time. You're never doing this. I, I just want to say you have no freaking idea what the hell you're talking about, okay? Uh, you know, we do this for our families. And it's not like we want to be away from our families. You know, John, can you uh, talk to that? Yeah, I know people, I mean, during this whole COVID thing, getting out of the house wasn't a bad thing, but uh, but uh, no, I mean, that's exactly, we, everything we do or everything I do is for them, right? I, you know, the kids get before we do and you know, all that stuff. We don't go extravagant and on ourselves, but doing working all those hours and putting all this effort is to make sure that they live a good life and they don't have to worry about it. Um, people will believe you or not, but that's the truth. But to us sacrificing everything we do, like the time working, working from 4am to 9pm is not what anybody would classify as fun, but sometimes you just felt you had to do what you had to do because you just didn't have it together. So, mm -hmm. so that's one of the main one of the main reasons to, to be doing this and one of the main things that I've gained out of it. I love it. So, so now you've got 15 to 20 hours back. Um, what does that look like as far as like, now I'm usually home for dinner. Love it. 
most days unless I got a specialty appointment. I was able to, you know, go to a few of my kids' uh, events before COVID, you know, soccer, karate, all that stuff. You know, Sundays are now for the 99% of the time for the family, right? You right. spend time together. We have a, we were able to get a camping trailer with the fam with our, with our parents. We have more time to spend up there with them. And, and uh, it's been, it's been really, it's been weird, but nice. Well, it, you know, isn't it funny? It's an adjustment, isn't it? It is an adjustment. Okay. Um, it's actually getting rid of the guilt is still a struggle. Mm-hmm. And Andy, you know, now, now when you hear that, what, what, what do you think being a new entrepreneur? Well, for me, just, just starting up, I feel like I have lost a few hours compared to just being a worker bee from <laughs> nine to five or eight thirty to four thirty, whatever it may be. But now I might be in the shop after dinner, might be early in the morning. And I, like I've explained that to my girlfriend and she's totally happy with it and she's okay and understanding, but uh, you got to work hard at the beginning to make your life easy in the end. Totally. Here's what I want you to catch. And everybody listening in. John has walked the path before you. So you might have to be putting in a few extra hours. But you're not going to have to experience what he did. Now you're, and you would probably never know what that was like, except for him to describe to you like 15, 20. Like, John, you were putting in like 50, 60, 70, 80, some more hours in a week, right? It was average 60 to 80, yep. Yeah, there, there you go. Okay, so... Um, and as well, you weren't able to turn it off. True? No, no. Still struggling with that, to tell you the truth. Right. Okay. And that's, that's something that we got to work through, right? Okay. These are, these are habits, guys. This is why I'm saying this is the, the, the no bullshit podcast. I love it. Uh, it takes a long time to get rid of habits that we've had. By the way, I still struggle with it. And I teach you guys this shit. Okay. Um, but it's it, it, it's at, you know you're in a stage where you're 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 you know you're moving forward like getting fifteen to twenty hours back a week, dude. That's like days. It's really changed him as a person, to be honest. Tell me about that, Andy. What what have you seen? Well, before when I was just working for John, uh, you could see there's a few times where he was struggling. He's always tired, a little ornery every once in a while. And then when he, <laughs> and then when he started, uh, I believe it was right when he started with you guys, and you could see the wheels turning in his head and how he was being a lot more efficient. He was a lot happier. Uh, he was a lot friendlier. He's coming out, hanging out with everybody, having a beer or a drink or whatever. He's just he's totally a different person now. He's a lot happier. Oh, man, John, how's that feel to hear that, dude? I think he's fishing for a race, quite honestly. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. No, like, I, I want everybody to understand, listen in. It's, if you were to look at this as a myth, John, what would you say is the myth, be, you know, behind when you hear somebody say, I don't have enough time? Oh, it's not true. You're just not using your time well. Right. And somebody might say, um, you know, that's just the way it is as an entrepreneur, you know, like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be talking to every guy every, you know, every day. I gotta be everywhere all the time. I, you know, you know, I love the one. I know I'm throwing you a few, but just you know, pick what whatever resonates with you. But the, I love the infamous. Well, if I don't do it, it won't get done right. No, you just got the right people to do it. Right, and Andy, how important are systems to support the right people? Oh, huge. 
Because if you don't have the system, especially for me, just getting into this, I don't really know what I'm doing. But if the right systems are in place and I can follow step by step by step, I'll still get to that end goal. My my the honest truth of the matter is I have a fantastic long term memory, and that's one of the main things that I was really bad at is keeping everything in my head, like everything, mm-hmm. and expecting people to know it because because it just to me it's it's easy, and that then I get frustrated by that subject. So now now we have you know electronic systems all that in place and and uh, you know photographs videos all that good stuff to make sure that it's not just in my head. Holy man, we've got software, we've got policies, we've got procedures, okay? Uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, let's talk about, again, we're going to talk about some of the specific, we'll probably come back with uh, one or two strategies for each one of these, okay? Everybody listening? So, uh, when you look at uh, A players, like that segue to A players, I mean, you had some C and D team members, sure? Oh, yeah, we did, and... Um... I'm really bad for having personal emotions towards people. So it made it really hard. But in the last year, I've gotten rid of four personal people in my life that were just weren't serving the company well. Now, when you look back before Profit for Contractors, um, and again, everybody listening in, um, I got to be straight up with you. Uh, it, it, whether you engage with us or you engage with somebody else, I'm just going to, I'm going to say this. I'm not, this is not some sort of pitch. It's It's the reality of like, one of the biggest things that allows people like John and Andy and others to move forward is they raise their hand and, and realize that you can't fucking figure out all this shit on your own. Okay? So again, if you're at startup, you're by yourself, you're in a truck, and, and, and you're finding it hard to find people, guys, or, or if that's the case at, at stability or at scale where it's like, man, I can't find any good people, honestly, that's a bunch of bullshit. So let's talk about the myth behind... Finding A players. Uh, people think that A players don't exist, and that's not true. Um, I was able I was able to get two in the last week, and that's because of we we did a nice little um, we had a nice little couple hour seminar on finding A A seven A players with uh, POC recently, and uh, especially with the whole COVID thing, we knew the opportunities were there for the picking, and we took advantage of it. But they are. They are there. You just have to be in the right position to, to hire them. Uh, so listen, I'll tell you, everybody on this call, um, maybe I will touch on just a couple of tactics. Everything we're talking about right now has a, has a system that has to be supported by structure, that has to be ran by people to get to the results. It's like a formula. Structure times systems, times people, equals results. You remove any one of those fucking things, and zero times a thousand times a thousand equals what? Zippo! Right? Right? So, so you know, you got an A player beside you. I mean, you had, you had an A++ player beside you to go from being a guy as an employee to now a partner. So what's one of the, what, would you say, Andy, as a myth, you know, going from that transition, what would you see as some of the myths that uh, that an owner might not be seeing, even with his own team? Um, well, you could be, you could still be your quality of work as an A plus plus player might be there, um, but you still have to fit in with all the groups. Like, if you could still be a great worker, but everybody hates you, it's still not very good for the company. Um, now, like, for going to like an owner. It's hard to really 
Or how do you really say? What would you say? Um, personally, I just think that, yeah, you, you can be the world's greatest worker and still be an asshole to the point where it drives the team apart, which I experienced last year. So, um, by, uh, in my position now, I won't tolerate that to the point where now it's like, if you're not getting along with the team and you're driving the team apart, you won't be here. And that's, and that's made a big difference. So I love it. I love it. So let me, let me just amplify that. So if you've listened in on this, Hopefully by now you've taken some pointers down. Number one is you've identified where you're at in what I call the, let's call it the condensed contractor's ladder of success, right? Are you at startup? Are you at, st- are you at stability? Are you at scale? That's really important, okay? Um, and it's important so that you know, you know, that you know that they're, where you're at so you know what the next level is, okay? And that brings me to this point. You know, when you're looking at building a team if you're at let's just say you're at scale and you got this big big team amplifying your point andy and john there are three things i want you guys to write down everybody listening in in this order of priority and i'll just be quick attitude is number one fit with the team number two skill set number three you're like what are you talking about andy that's the priority. You might be like, bullshit. Skill set comes first. No. I'm not saying Andy or, or you know, or, or John's going to hire a, a, an unlicensed electrician. I'm, by the way, everybody, I'm a licensed electrician. I'm still a licensed electrician. John, you're a licensed electrician? Yes, sir. So we got three people on this call that get paid to pull our wire, right? So it's all good. But the reality is, is that if you've got a bad, if you hire somebody with a bad attitude and you don't have a hiring process to identify that, and all you're doing is accepting resumes, okay, and you're not using a system like a, a, a designed, structured application form, you're in trouble because you won't be able to identify their attitude. If you don't have a system that identifies the fit with, you know, does this person fit with the team? I mean, Andy, did you play did you play hockey or any sports? Absolutely. Yeah, you look like a hockey player. Nice dude. What position did you play? Uh, I started as a goalie and then I transitioned away and I'm not a defenseman now. I I knew you're a D. I'm a goalie, by the way. So so isn't it interesting that like imagine you and I in the same team and you're like I don't know, so that everybody recognizes the name because based upon age, right? I'm just gonna say let's say Gretzky. Right? And hey, Canadian man, rock and roll, baby. Uh, you and I could be Gretzky's. You could be the Gretzky version out on the ice, and I'm the Gretzky version in the net. If you and I hate each other and we don't get along, we're gonna have a problem. Worst case is that imagine you're on your center and I'm left wing and we're both Gretzky's. And like not neither one of us are gonna pass the puck to each other. And we just, we're out to get, like, we just hate each other. We're going to, what's going to happen? Team's going to fail. Definitely. So skill set, everybody. Okay. Skill set. By the way, Andy's gone from being an employee to now becoming a business owner. Is that a skill set that can be learned? John? Absolutely. Fucking right. If you got the right tools, right? If you're at startup and you want to go to stability, you can learn it. It's skill set. The question is, do you have the right attitude? 
And are you going to be the right fit for whoever it is that you engage with? Because I'll tell you, not everybody that comes to us is a fit. Mm -mm -mm. And that's okay. It's okay. So how important is culture, John and Andy, when it comes to attitude and fit? I think it's more important than anything, quite honestly, because I've seen what happen, what it'll do. It'll destroy. You could you could be the best company in the world. You destroy your culture. You don't have a company. So, and the, the honest truth of the matter, that's how Andy and I left another company that had a fantastic gig going. We both left for the same reason, and it was attitude and uh, and structure. Amazing, eh? Um, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to hit a nerve here. Hey, Andy, yeah. and look at dude. Just tell it as it is, okay? John, John can handle it. With John's attitude, the way it was, grumpy, tired, angry, right? Yeah. Maybe overreactive, all these different things. No, Non-motivational, a drain on energy, right? Not fitting with the team because he's not willing to even sit down and have a pop with the boys or whatever. What's that impact have culturally on a company? It, oh, it, it, it brings down everybody. It, it, it's like a waterfall, right? It starts from the top. And if one person sees it, it comes on to the next person. So like even when we do our Monday morning meetings here, I have to come in, be all excited for the week, talk to them about what's going to happen, what has happened. And it's just, it's a whole, it's a whole waterfall effect. It, it, if you're grumpy, everybody's going to be grumpy. You're happy. Everybody's going to be happy. Right. Here's the, here's the interesting thing. How quickly when John started, when, when John's attitude changed, when his mindset shifted, when John was like, Hey man, I know what I got to do. Hey, I'm making progress. All those other things that generated that, that he had, he had, a, let's just call it. He had, he knew that he had a recipe for success. You know, how quickly does that change the environment? Oh, it's like turning on the light bulb and instantaneously because you, I saw him. Yeah, I saw what he was doing. Now he wants to make everything better. It made me want to work harder and improve upon the company. Love it. Love it. So everybody listening in, understand, like you can make, there's certain changes that take time, but one of the most important changes is your attitude as an owner and your attitude as an owner determines a lot of how you engage with your team, which has got so much to do with your fit, right? If you're not engaging with your team, if, you know, if, if you're not, you know, authentically uh, driven to engage with your team in the right way, to put the right procedures in place, to have this thing. And what Andy's talking about is this Monday morning meeting. This is a, a tool in the system. If you guys want to get this template, just click the links below. It's, it's a tool we give away for free. It shows you the agenda. I don't know, maybe Andy and, and John, you guys talked to it. How, how impactful was the Monday morning meeting to the team and to the culture? It took a little while to get going, quite honestly, because mm -hmm. people weren't used to it. But uh, once I instituted and people expected it, we had coffee, we, you know, we'd all you know, have pleasantries and then make, set out the plan for the week. And everybody, at least everybody was on the same page. And that's what, that's what I take away from it the most is, get everybody on the same page. Cause uh, as I said before, the everything in the head business had to go. So now, so now by starting on the money, say, well, we got to get done this week. What happened last week? And uh, even during COVID now we, now we just switched it to zoom, which we find 
actually works better for everybody because we're kind of spread out as a team. So now, now it's even faster and more efficient. I love it, man. I love it. Which, which in essence, you know, we had Rick Harris, one of the coaches who, who runs a contracting company as well. You know, we, you know, he leveraged zoom and leveraged technology and like basically was able to pass that, that structure back by the Monday morning meeting and bingo, bango, you guys were able to keep on moving forward. Right. Even better than before. Didn't happen at all. Yep. Totally. And uh, Andy, on your side, how important was, you know, um, this Monday morning meeting when it came to efficiencies and things of that nature? Well, it's, uh, it's definitely a lot more efficient, but I think the biggest thing, especially for just like an employee side is it makes you feel involved Mm. more of like a, like a family, right? Like, Like you have an impact makes you feel like you have more of an impact on the company than just your work because mm-hmm. everybody for your insights. You're like, John always used to look for my insights and this and that, see what he can improve on. So like if, if I can tell him things that I think that he can improve on, he can take that as he, as he wants, but he might not see the things that I see. You know, it's interesting. Just let let everybody be clear. It's, it's called the Monday morning meeting. The tool you want to get your hands on is called the top five money-making meetings. And the Monday morning meeting is only one of them. I'm not going to get into the other ones, but you definitely want to get your hand on that tool. You know, so again, uh, take action. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything, but, but you know, having the right attitude to want to learn uh, and listening to these guys as far as the impact. Like you're out of your freaking mind if you don't apply this thing. Uh, what would be a myth around meetings that you maybe were thinking, John, uh, in the past? Uh, my was that, you know, the employees wouldn't embrace it. They would be, uh, they'd fight against it and, and all that. That was probably the one I had going into the whole thing. Yeah. And, um, I think Andy, if it's so, I mean, that's, that's normal, right? That's normal. Um, Andy on your end, what would be a myth uh, from an employee perspective in, the, in your, during that time? A myth would be like that the employees don't care about the company. Yes. Because we all do in our own certain ways. It's just might need to get little help to get on the right path. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody listening in, here's, here's the core of this principle of the Monday morning meeting. So guys, I dealt with all this shit myself. I had guys, you know, I, I had, you know, I had about uh, at the time, probably 30 plus guys running my automation company and uh, very complex builds. Um, and I thought the same thing. You know, I, I thought that guys wouldn't be interested. I thought, um, I actually thought that my myth was, I thought that meetings were a waste of fucking time. Because when I tried to have a meeting, it went on forever, right? There was no accountability. It, it created more confusion. Uh, and one of the problems is that the me- I tried to cover everything off in the meeting, Right. The Monday morning meeting is specific to what is this, what defines success for the week. And anybody that is an A player, tell me if I'm right or wrong, boys, especially you, Andy, being you know, back in the employee. A players want to know what defines a win. Yep. Like you don't even play fucking shinny, you know, not keeping score. You you don't even, right? You you don't. Yep. Right? It's like Okay, what's the score, man? It's okay. It's two one. Okay, man, guys, like it changes the environment. It changes people's participation. It changes Andy. You can't give input on shit, even if John wants input. If you don't even know what you you he needs input on, exactly. So 
you know, if you're dealing with this myth of any of those things we talked about, guys, get over it. What, what would you say to them to move forward with something like this, guys? It's all in your head. Yeah. It's all in your head. It is. It is. It's so true. Okay, next. So a lot of these things, getting better time, focus, right? Getting hours back, getting better control of the financials, getting clarity of better communication, getting better players, allowed you the free of time. Uh, you've increased your sales by, I think, you know, Liam was saying around 25%. Your profits have increased by 21%. Can you give some sort of value? You don't have to be exact, but can you give some sort of value? Like, what does that look like? You know, a year's worth of 25% more increase in sales and a year's worth of a 21% increase in profits. So, like, we're not talking about a dollar here. Yeah, no, it's the honest truth of the matter is for, for the existing company, it's uh, in sales, 500 to 700,000. And it's a couple hundred thousand dollars in, in profit. Okay, everybody listening in. This is not chump change. Okay. So we're talking about over half a million dollars in sales, guys. And we're talking about in the hundreds of thousands of dollars of profits. Not gross, but in your pocket. True, John? Yes, sir. Okay. I talk about all the time getting your, you know, one of my core, I don't know, I guess uh, maybe I should know this. I don't know, but it's one of the core values that I believe in. Um, and let's see if, if you guys remember it, if one of you is doing. To me, the company's, called, I'm called profit, you know, my business is called profit for contractors. And the reason it's called profit for contractors, everybody. It's not time for contractors, you know. It's not, you know, fluff for contractors. It's profit for contractors. Because I believe that your profits pay for your what? Freedom. Profits pay for your freedom. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're not in it for money, dude, get out. Get out. Like, seriously, get off this podcast. Like, fucking leave. Like, seriously. And do not engage. Don't send me any messages. Don't, you know, we get, my team protects me, by the way. If anybody's listening in and you're like one of these naysayers or bashers, my team protects me because I do have a little bit of a temper. And when I, you know, when Liam's like, oh, this guy said this. I'm like, where's that fucker? Like, what are you talking about? Like, because I'm so passionate about helping you guys because I know that this stuff works. But when people are like, just like, just, let's just say evil. I'm just like, I'm back on the ice. Like, let's just beat him. You know what I mean? I know it's terrible. I was like, man, it's, you know, you need to beat him, but that's bad. Okay. Anyways, that's why it's a no bullshit freaking podcast. Okay. So what impact does that, does that have on you mentally? What impact has it had you from a financial perspective, John, you know, and then I want to hear from you, Andy, like, what does that mean to be able to hear it? Like, holy shit, John, like, wow, this stuff really worked. And we can apply this stuff to the business I'm part of. So tell me, John, mindset-wise, impact-wise, family, business, how do that? It's a whole package, right? Your, your mindset affects your attitude. Your attitude affects your family life, financials. Like the honest truth of the matter is if I was going the way I was going two years ago, I'd be dead in 10 years. I'd have a heart attack, right? Because the stress levels you put yourself under when things aren't going well and you don't have any money and you got bills to pay is incredible, right? So it changes your life into the fact where you can actually enjoy life now. And it's, that's probably the number one thing that you could ever ask for. 
man, that's well said, you know, which, you know, I talk about profits paying for freedom. Guys, freedom, we all have our own definition of freedom, but there's some core areas of freedom. Mindset freedom. Fuck, this is working. Wow, there's money in the bank, right? Not a roller coaster, right? Uh, there's and, and and we're talking about mindset. There's there's. I'm not saying that there's no stress, but now you get excited. True, John. Yeah, hundred percent. Why that? Like honestly, would you have ever thought of opening up a business, whether with Andy or not, if you had if you were still on that path? There's no way I could allow myself to do it because I just wouldn't have time. I mean, it took it took a lot of effort to get this going in the proper fashion, and there was no way that would have happened. No way. And Andy, on your side, you know, as a new partner in, and by the way, everyone, we're not talking a partner as in he's now a partner of one of the existing business. We're talking about a new business guys that they've started up. So they're applying all these principles. How does that make you feel when you're hearing that? Andy? Oh, I, I'm excited because I know he's been down in the gutters and as low as you can be. And I've seen the physical change and the mental change that he's had to go through. And I know that, He's not going to stop at just a little bit of profit. He's going to keep on going and want to keep pushing. Which means what for you in the business that you're part of? He's going to teach me how not to be in the gutter. Right. And to make freaking money, dude, so that you can have freedom. Understand, guys. Go ahead, John. I mean, we've already reverse engineered this business for one year, three year, five year. And we know because we're not doing a job unless we make our make our certain gross margin that we're not doing the job. So we already know what we're going to kind of money. We're going to be making one year, three year, five year, and we just have to execute the plan now. So it's, it's a, it's a pretty good feeling. I love it. So everybody listening on the call, let's just, let's just sort of, we're going to start wrapping things up here in just a minute, but let me just sort of condense this for you. To go from being in chaos means going from chaos in all aspects of your business. So let's start off with the first one. John was in chaos regarding his financials, okay? The reality of the situation is you guys that are listening in that are contractors and owners, you were never freaking trained to be able to read your financials. You were able, never able to, you know, listen, I listened to John earlier and I never commented, but I'll comment now saying like, yeah, you know, I, um, I didn't know if I had a good book, bookkeeper. Like, there are core traits that you need to know, and don't try and figure it out on your own because it's going to cost a lot of money, right, John? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and right, Andy? Yep. Right. That don't assume that you've got a good bookkeeper or an accountant. You need to know that. So, again, you want to reach out to us. We can tell you what the criteria is. Like, here's what you got to look for. Here's within, like, Within minutes, right, John, I remember I had a call with you and I said, John, I need you to go to the bookkeeper and ask them these two questions. I go, based upon how they answer those two questions, we'll know in like minutes the type of bookkeeper you have in account. True? Oh, very true. Totally. Okay. If your bookkeeper account, I'll give you one of them for free. If your bookkeeping accountant is not sitting down with you, making sure that you're pricing your jobs properly, making sure that you know your break-even margin on the different types of work that you do. Get in the car, run to the hills, fire them, and get somebody else, okay? Because they're not doing their job, okay? Honest to God, okay? Next, if you're looking at 
your time and you're looking at your team, you've got to understand that hoping for more time, putting in more time is not going to actually result in you getting back more time. It's going to make things fucking worse. What what do you say to that, boys? Oh, it's it's amazing because if you're putting in all that time, first of all, you don't have the energy to do nothing else or the focus. And then number two is that if you don't spend any time working on systems for your business, it only just gets worse and worse. Absolutely. Because in essence, if John hands to you, Andy, the wrong way of doing something, putting in more time is going to do what? Lead to bad things. It's not going to be right. It's 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 going to amplify the bad things. Everybody, we talked about quoting profitably. That's huge, right? If you're not quoting profitably, I guarantee you, you are not running your jobs profitably. How do how do how would I know that, John? How would you know that? Because if you're uh, if you're not making any money, and then you're going to a job, which means you need to get the next deposit, so you're not finishing that job, you're running to the next one, and just then you just get into a never-ending cycle. You can't. It's like going to payday loans at that point. Totally, totally. It's the never-ending story. Right. So. You know, guys, you've got to have systems in place. There are systems. And, you know, when you look at your increase in profitability, let's just talk about that. It wasn't one place, everybody. It was the fact that John was able to know that he was quitting jobs profitably. It was that he was then able to go and realize that, hey, I got to get rid of some what? We never touched on this, but just super fast. Not just getting rid of C&D team members, but getting rid of C&D clients. And that was huge. Tell me about it. Well, so we haven't got into it in this story, and I don't have time to explain to you. But before I started my current company, I had a small electrical company by myself, and I found every bad C&D client, and I just accepted it because I thought I needed the work. And between the headaches, the not paying, the uh, the hassle on my teammates and all that, it pretty much drove it into the ground. So, like, And then the first thing, one of the first things we do is learn how to filter bad clients here. And nowadays... If they don't, I, you know, I know right away. I'll know if just based on their attitude or whether they're talking about pricing that I don't want to work with them. I don't. Okay. Uh, you know, I'll spend, let's just take five extra minutes. Like just, if you okay for five more. Okay, here, here we go. Here we go. Let's talk about the myth. But Andrew, I got to keep my guys busy. And I go, but are you pricing your jobs profitably? No, no, but Andrew, I need to keep my guys busy. What would you say to that? Um, you're going to not have enough money to make their paycheck in about two weeks. So so keeping the guys busy not to be able to pay them, especially not to be able to pay yourself? Yeah. It's a myth. If you can't land jobs profitably, let's say, Andy, here's a test for you. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> if you can't land a job profitably and it and it means landing that job meant you'd have to lay off a couple of guys would you take on the job knowing that it wasn't profitable or would you not take on the job and and lay off the two guys uh, i probably wouldn't take the job and lay off a couple of guys guys that's the right decision see it's those decisions that are going to freaking make or break you. It's those decisions that will keep you in the gutter working for nothing. 
less than nothing. True? Very true. So at the beginning of this call, we talked about knowing your financials. If you don't know if you're pricing the freaking job profitably, how the hell would Andy know? How would John know? You wouldn't know. If you're not pricing your jobs profitably, you probably don't know if you're running your jobs profitably, for sure. And you probably, if you don't have systems for quoting, I freaking guarantee you don't have systems for running your jobs. And how critical is that, boys? That's everything. Without setting the quote, I mean, you set the quote properly. There's no way you can run the job properly. So, I mean, we, we spent the last... We spent the last few weeks making sure that our system is set up to the point where we can't lose money. So um, it's been uh, it's been fun. It's been a challenge, and we know every time we go out, we're making money. So, see, you know what I'm hearing consistently? I'm hearing this word challenge. Okay, and I love hearing that. But that challenge is boring. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. It's one thing to have a challenge and not, and not knowing how to solve a problem. Because you still have to go do the work, right? Yep. Like, even though we're giving you the systems, the tools, the insights, the training, at the end of the day, I'm not fucking, I'm not quoting the jobs. Andy is, John is, like, I'm not doing that, right? That's right. So you guys have to do the heavy lifting. But the heavy lifting that you do is for long-term results. Like these systems that you have, that Andy has, that you have, John, these are for the life of the business, right? Absolutely. So again, back to attitude. If you're on this call and you're not willing to do the work, don't even click the links below. Okay, you're just going to click them, download something. Like a lot of people, they go buy a book, they read it, and then you read another book, another book, and they go, yeah, I'm working on the business. And I go, okay, just get hold on. Give me one thing out of any of those books that you applied. And they go, well, I haven't applied any of them. I go, oh, so it just makes you feel good reading the book. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, procrastination. Okay. No, seriously. True? No, very. Okay. So look at wrap this baby up uh, is um, what would be some of the last things that you would, we talked about a lot of myths. We covered off a lot of things. You know, uh, there are A players out there. If you're listening in on this call, there's A player clients out there. Um, this is during the COVID time. I'm going to tell you right now, it is the most, it's the best time ever in the last probably three decades, if not more, to find A player clients, to find A player team members. Because you got A players that are working for people that for the first time in ages have been laid off. Maybe they're back to work already, but they've got this fear in them of like, holy shit, like, is this going to happen again? So they're looking. And if you can be the answer to their fears and frustrations and concerns, you're going to be like these two guys and land freaking two A players. Okay. Don't wait. When it comes to class A players, as far as customers, it is the best time to get systems like what we taught you guys, the filter fast system, the template, how to rate your clients. Yes, you got to do some heavy lifting, but holy fuck. Think about how much heavy lifting you do for a class D, class C client and you lose money. Oh, yeah, and that's way more. Some of your projects, guys, are what? Weeks, months? Yeah, uh, up to six months. So imagine, 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 guys, if you're listening in, you land, maybe your, maybe your jobs aren't as big, but let's just say the, you guys. Imagine back in the day, John, when you look back, that there was clients you landed and you did all this fucking work for. You scheduled all this 
all your guys, you ordered all this material, you spent all this time, and the whole time you were losing fucking money for six months. So when people say, I don't have time, what do you say to that, guys? Specific to this topic. Well, you don't, when you say you don't have time, you're just not using your time wisely. Um, learn how to schedule yourself blocks of time to work on what you got to need to work on, and you won't be amazed at what you get done. Totally. And again, you've got to learn the things. If Andy was not taught by John and PFC, so get the information from, from somebody. But if you don't have a system to know how to filter fast, to rate your clients, to know if you're pricing jobs profitably, if you're running jobs profitably, if you don't know, you know where you're at in that contractor's ladder of success of startup stability or scale, and you're like, where the fuck am I? You've got to find out. So what would be the last tips? Uh, what would you tell somebody listening to this, um, no matter where they're at at, at that level, uh, Andy? Have you go first? What would you say to them? I would say the biggest thing you could do is get your mindset right. If you know what you're getting into and you know what you need to do and how to do it, then you can do it very easily. If you don't know how to do it, you're going to struggle. So I would say use all the resources you possibly can. And they're out there. This podcast, I'm saying it's they're out there. Like it's, it's, it's very easy. So why not take the help instead of struggling? Andy, freaking love it, man. Fucking, that's great. No, seriously, that's great advice. Yeah. Right? Great yeah. advice. What's that? No, dude, seriously, rock and roll. Uh, John, you're up next. My advice is it doesn't matter if you're a one-man show or you run PCL construction with a 1,000 or, sorry, 10,000 employees. These, this, the, the principles behind all this are all the same, and if you learn it, you can change your whole life in a very short period of time. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, both of what you guys said. If it hasn't resonated with you at this point in time, if you're if you're not downloading free stuff, and you're like, oh man, I'm having that problem. Honestly, here's where I'll leave it off. And sometimes I leave off these podcasts with positive. I don't know. This one's maybe not so positive. When you know that there's a better way of doing something. And it's funny, John asks me this all the time. So a lot of clients are like, where do you come up with this stuff? Honestly, I don't know. Uh, no, no, I, no. I, there's aspects that I do know, but where I come up with these names and shit, I, fucking, I don't know. Okay. Uh, that's a gift. Like we all have our own little gifts, right? Okay. Um, so this is one of them. When you know that there's help, when you know there's a better way to do things, and you consistently keep doing things the way that you're doing it, knowing that you could be doing it differently, even just a little bit differently. Anything that you get from this point on from this podcast that, that resonated with you that you don't take action on, welcome to what I call is ignorance tax. Ignorance tax. And that tax could be time away from the family. That could be a fucking heart attack. That could be, you know, losing your best players. That could be like living a life of hell, literally. You know, sometimes I think, when I look back, just this is my last little point about ignorance tax. Uh, one time I had a, I'm not going to get into great detail. One time um, I had to spend a night in the cell. Back in the old days. Okay. Uh-oh, Uh-oh right. Funny enough, both my, both my brothers, which shocks me to this day, are both OPP. They're both cops. Like, go figure, right? Typical Irish, right? Like, give me a break. Two of my brothers are OP, became cops. So, <laughs> they were the worst. <laughs> they were the worst. 
I remember that night and the morning that I spent in jail. And there was many, many times throughout my contracting world that I would have chosen that over what I was dealing with. Uh, being an entrepreneur, if, you, if, you're, if you're struggling, can feel like an invisible prison sentence. At least when you're in prison, they're feeding you. You don't have to worry about it. You got no phone calls, got no emails, you got no projects you got to run. You got like, really, it's minimal, right? I used to think, man, this, I would have been better off freaking just staying in the freaking jail cell. So don't let your life be an invisible prison sentence. Don't let ignorance tax get you. Um, engage, get help from somewhere, guys. Uh, thank you so much. I love you guys. Uh, uh, Andy, congratulations again for, you know, going to the next level as being an entrepreneur. Um, and congratulations, John, for you, with all the fucking progress you've made. Uh, again, it's, it's an early stage. It's only been nine months. Uh, you've made tremendous progress. And uh, make sure, John, um, that you engage on some one-on-one sessions with, with, the, with the team, either Liam or me or Rick or, or, or Jay, okay, uh, as well as you, Andy, okay, uh, to make sure that we're honing in, nailing some of these things that, that we've got to nail. Cool? Sounds good. All right, guys, we'll catch you on the flip side. Awesome job. Have a good day. You too.